Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media, or was it Ahoy? Welcome to Ahoy. One Media. <laughs> Welcome to One Media, One Media, where we come up with a scam and rip everybody off and then eat a bunch of food. That's right. Today is going to be a great spectacular because one of my favorite series on Netflix had a second season. And God damn it, it's amazing. It is The Great Pretender Season 2. And we're so happy oh, it came back. I don't want it to ever end, but we'll see. Here's some general information. It was created by Wit Studio, and the genre is comedy and crime, which is, yeah, spot on. It was written by... Furusawa Ryota. What the f***? It doesn't even sound like that, but okay, sure. What? That's it's about. <laughs> well, I copy and pasted, and it came up with the real name. No. I guess. But it's fast. They said it so fast. Oh, let's see. Furusawa Ryota. And then here's, like, the Americanized version. Ryota Kosawa. <laughs> Kosawa. Yeah, yes. yeah. But for some reason, it comes out like this. Furusawa Ryota. It's like they combine it all together. But there's an F in it. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll let it go. So it was written by that person. And then it was illustrated by Dashi Maduri. And hold on here. <laughs> I know I bastardized that one. Oh, what? Okay. Daichi <laughs> Marui. What? Wait, do that one again. Okay, here we go. Marui Taitsu. I think what they're doing is they're doing they're doing the last name first. Thanks, Google Translate. <laughs> the manga was released uh, June tenth of twenty twenty, and it is still going on. I feel like we watched it before June 10th, but this is what it's saying. I, I don't know. Wait, but you said the manga, so yeah, did yeah. it start after? I'm assuming it, it did. The anime? Does that happen? Yeah, it does a lot. The anime says it was released originally July 8th of 2020, and it went till December 16th of 2020, which that's not exactly true because they just recently released The Great Pretender Season 2, so Wikipedia is, once again, not updated yet. Season 2, 
Okay, so if you didn't listen to The Great Pretender Season 1, it's basically about this team of people, and they're called Team Confidence, and they are known as Confidence Men. In the translation, if you watch it with the subtitles on, they call them Con Men, actually. It's kind of like they steal from the rich and screw these people over because they do all these corrupt things and take all their money, and then they run away with it. It's like this big build-up to convincing these people to give them all their money and then they just run away with it, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Robin Hood-esque. Robin Hood-esque, um, yeah. Con Man comes from Confidence Man. Okay. So that's like that. And then also it's um, men and women in the group, though. That's true, too. The cool thing about it is it gives a lot more backstory. I think the only one they didn't give a lot of backstory to was, what's her name? Abigail? Abigail. That was touched on in season one. It was kind of touched on, but for maybe three or four minutes off and on throughout the series. This season is definitely like a lot of origin stories are revealed. Yeah, it, it digs into Laurent and how he became a confidence man. And it also talks a lot about Edamame or Mikado Edamura. And actually they get into his father that he despises with a burning passion. I feel like if I get... We don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, I was excited about this. And then I was a little hesitant, too, because I was like, oh, is it just going to be more like little situational ruses? And how is that going to be interesting after a while? But because they do a lot of this background origin story stuff, it connects in with the current. Yeah. It ties in a lot with the season one. And then it talks about why they chose Edamura and also talks about like why Laurent became the way he became and why he's always like almost what a couple steps ahead of everybody else in a sense. And it's all because of also one other person. So the first season was kind of like this whole entire like training camp for Edamura. Where in the second season, he's still very deviant and always kind of has this really big heart. He's still the same way, but he's pretty much ready to do his own thing in a way. Or become his own grown-up, in a sense. Yeah, like it starts off with him kind of separating. As always. He, he As did always. That. Yeah. Like he's always like, I'm going to go out on my own. I don't need this. I don't want to rip people off forever. He's always grappling with that kind of like moral dilemma of what they do because they're still committing crimes in a lot of ways and fooling people, but they're doing it with the purpose of trying to fix something or like you said, like take down maybe bad guys. Yeah. And what better way of trying to take someone down is the Yakuza and child trafficking. Those are two big subjects that they do go over in this and it's, God, it's so good. I always kind of forget how good it is, and now I feel like I need to go back and watch it again. It is, and I really missed the artwork. They have the most colorful, beautiful backgrounds, the scenery. Oh, yeah. Like, I just it's love incredible. it. incredible. Oh, my God. It's I love gorgeous. it. Yeah, I watched it in less than a day. I was like, I have to watch this thing but it's only nine episodes first off it is only nine episodes and they weave one into the next so it's very easy to keep watching do you know who did the art like who if they've done other series or anything like that dachi murray looks like he's only done the great pretender or is she really yeah 
I think, because everything I look up, it just shows the great pretender. Oh, wow. Well, I'm excited to see what they do next because they have a very specific way of using color that's enjoyable to watch. No, I fully agree. Incredible artist. Oh, my God. I just love how throughout the series, Edamura definitely does become his own grown-up, his own man, I guess, if you want to say that. And I think his importance in the team, even though he does get fooled a lot, is his like acting ability and being in that role and convincing people that he is that person and pulling the strings of whoever they're trying to con. Yeah, he has like a great like conviction and because it comes from that place of wanting to do good. So it, it comes from this different place. And that's kind of what ties them all together, right? With their origin stories. Like they have a like a pursuit for justice. It's just in a different way <laughs> than going through normal channels. Right. With Laurent, it's kind of a revenge thing, but... I can't say if it really is. And one thing I didn't ever know about their team confidence or whatever it's called, they don't kill anybody. Yeah, you're right. And that is like the first rule. So Dorothy, she was kind of the head of the team confidence before Laurent was. And that was one of the first roles in it all. So that was totally amazing. (laughs) I know we definitely recommend it. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's funny, too. Like you said, it's a comedy, crime comedy or whatever. They definitely keep it. I think it's a good pace to it. There's jokes. I'm trying to think. Something made me laugh. They just have, like, a funny way of doing stuff and how they treat, especially Edamura, like how they call him Edamame and how they they just kind of, like, tease him a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah, like he's, like, the little brother. Mm-hmm. Of the whole entire setup or team. One of the funny things is just like how they never tell him everything because they know if they did tell him everything, then he wouldn't be able to act as well as he does. Yeah, he really believes things. Yeah, they do set him up. All the time. <laughs> yeah. But that's when that's how they get him to do his best work. Exactly. <laughs> Were there any changes like in the team or anything like that with the second season? Any behind the scenes stuff? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's the same team pretty much. They do bring back some characters from the first season. I don't want to ruin any of that for you. Definitely start with the first season, but no, in the second season, it does start with a recap. That is very true. You have to watch the first season because it wouldn't feel the same if you're just going to yeah, jump in. Yeah, it would be impactful or surprising. Or, yeah, like I said, I was kind of like, oh, is this going to be interesting or am I going to get bored after a while? And it gets very deep and like these connections with different people and the histories and then to the present day of what's going on. So I would recommend watching the first season. And then knowing, yeah, because even with the recap in the beginning, you don't really get all of the relationship dynamics down as if watching the first season. Yeah. I think my biggest complaint is actually the last two, three minutes where they kind of wrap everything up into a nice little bow tie. I mean, I hate that or a nice little bow. I haven't finished it. Is it going to be like, and (laughs) ta-da? I mean, it's not that bad. It's not like... I don't know if you ever watched all the Avengers movies, but the very last Avengers was so 
lame, and I don't know how people actually liked it. What happens? Well, okay, if people didn't watch the Avengers, then whatever, and you're not really into Marvel or whatnot, <laughs> I don't give a f- Spoiler alert. Spoilers, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so... Who is it? Iron Man dies and Captain America goes back to be with his woman and all this other bullshit. But they tie it up into this nice little bow to make sure everything gets concluded. And it's just like so cheesy. It's not real. You know, like it's just like it's like a force to like, and yeah, then this person's totally here and that person's there and it worked out and bye. Like, I think they do that, though, in those films because... Well, it's owned by Disney. <laughs> they just want to get it over with, too. I guess you could, if they left it open, they can make more. I mean, they could always make more. So they're going to have to, like, do this whole entire new build-up. Do you... So you don't think there's a season three, then, coming with how season two ended? Could. They could? They left some things open. Okay. But the way they kind of wrapped it up was a little cheesy. I mean, that's my biggest complaint. It's not like like as bad as the Avengers in any way, shape, or form. But if I was going to make a complaint, then the ending was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's all. Uh, yeah. That's it. Well, that's good. You pushed. You're like, I'll try to be critical. Because <laughs> so. I can't just be, oh, this is the best series ever. But I think True. At, at this moment... The Great Pretender season one and two is my favorite anime series right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to go. And we'll with know that. more at the end of the year if it ends up on your top five. But sounds yeah. like it's on your top five I right now. I think it's already on my top five. It's like a <laughs> little check mark. Like, yep, this That's one. Okay. What about the music? How did you like that? The music was amazing. I liked the music. Everything was great. I can't. <laughs> it's something that I feel like people could get into. Whether they like anime or not. Yeah, definitely. It's it's everybody friendly. For me, the standard for like one of my most favorite animes now, thanks to this show, is definitely Cowboy Bebop. Is it better than Cowboy Bebop? I'd say yes. (laughs) You don't think so? I don't know about that, but I think it ranks as kind of like the new Cowboy Bebop. Like it's it's up there, it's the same genre. Have that comedy, ragtag team kind of thing, um, crime. Yeah, exactly. So I, I almost say after watching it, I'd say yeah. But the cool thing about Calvay Bebop is the way it ended was so f***ed up. And you're like, this is real. Yeah. It's a little grittier. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more gritty. And it's like, of course, something like this is going to happen because they are in this industry. And you mm-hmm. see, that's what I thought was going to happen in the Great Pretender season two. So anyway, we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up, please watch it. Please it's great. watch Let us know it. Know how you like it? Yeah, totally. And if you think I'm wrong, I mean, at this moment, I love this series so much. Yeah, <laughs> so, challenge us. Challenge us, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so we'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. 
Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. Hey, podcast fans, I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Storygram Network. That's right. We are back, and we're going to talk about Sibo Mato, Viva La Woman. I guess they're a trip-hop band, is what they are considered on Wikipedia. It was released in January 16th of 1996. Oh my god, I feel so old now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Italian word, so I think it's Chibo. Chibo. You should Google Chibo translate Mato? the name. Oh god. Okay, so Chibo Mato, Tibo? I, I think it's a ch sound, but I don't know. Hold so on. That's why it's like, Google it. I mean, they're also Japanese, so I don't know. Why. Well, they are, but they're actually from New York. Here, let, let me just do the little Google Translate. I just want to know. Here we go. Chibo Mato. Chibo Mato. Nice. <laughs> I just wanted to hear how it sounded. Chibo Mato, <laughs> which means, oh my God, it's so funny what... Chibo Mato means means crazy food. <laughs> Which is so funny because this whole entire oh, album awesome. is based on food. They are an American band formed in New York City. And two members, our founding members, are Yuga Honda and Miho Hitori. It was recorded at Electric Ladyland Studios, which is like probably one of my favorite studios. Sunset Sound Factory. Like I said before, the genre is trip-hop, avant-pop, alternative hip-hop. It is a 48-minute album, and it was produced by Chiba Lato and Mitchell from... Chad Blake. Chad Blake, he's worked on Shell Crow, The Bad Plus, Sam Phillips, Fiona Apple. Yeah, it's been around. And then let's see who this Mitchell is. Mitchell Froome. And he's worked on The Indigo Girls, Peter Gabriel. So he's been around too. So go team. Some seasoned professionals on this album. Seasoned veterans for sure. And what about this studio that you like so much? Why? It was originally Jimi Hendrix's studio. Oh, cool. And actually, I think Daft Punk, their last album, they recorded some tracks in there, too. There isn't really that much information on this album. Okay, so Miho was the one who sung and rapped and whispered the performances. And then, I guess, Yuka did some of it, but she did most of the sound collages. If you go through the lyrics or you just even just look at just the names of the songs, it's all food-based. It's hilarious. Like, singles were birthday cake and you know your chicken. Which is <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a song called Beef Jerky in Sugar Water. So you might get a little hungry after 
listening to it. And also, there are some samples in here, like beef jerky contains a sample from Viver Pour Vivri. Sugar Water contains a sample from Hung Up. I've never heard of any of these. And then Theme contains a sample from Tin Tin Dio. Okay. <laughs> I don't know any of that, so it all went over my head. How long has this band been around? Like, was this their first album? or? Oh, yeah, this is the first album. And then they had another one called Super Relax in 1997. This band is no longer around, unfortunately. I don't know why exactly they broke up, unfortunately. What is interesting is they took a break, a hiatus, and they came back like 10 years later. So you never know. They might come back back again they had the reunion they disbanded in 2002 and then they came back around 2011 and they continued to perform music till 2017 and then they broke up that's unfortunate it's not that long ago i wonder what was going like they i wonder if they had other projects in their life yeah i'm sure they have other projects so let's talk about this album because it's pretty weird i mean at first i didn't like it much it like has this really 90s feel to it like it's kind of cold sounding like the production isn't that big sounding but then it kind of just grows on you and by the time i got to artichoke i was like this album rocks (laughs) (laughs) i have a nostalgia for this album i don't know if i ever owned this but I had a couple songs on a mixtape. So it makes me happy to listen to because it does remind me of <laughs> late 90s and friends and loud, fun music. So I was really excited to listen to it. And it was at first, I was surprised because in my mind, I thought they were like a more loud band, but they're not. Like you said, it's more trip hop. Chill in a way. Yeah. But we also got to remember in the late, or mid-90s, they were on a lot of like electronic music compilations, and they were kind of pigeonholed with, say, Portishead and the Sneaker Pimps. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it does remind me of that time. <laughs> so I And I like that. I was like, I love <laughs> late 90s music, so... Yeah, but it's very different. It, they definitely don't just sound like some trip-hop band from England no. or anything. It's like, it's definitely... And it, going in a different direction. And at first I always thought that they were from Japan and okay. So one of them was actually born in Tokyo and then she spent a few years of her childhood in Germany and in Denmark. Then God, she's been all over the place. Let's just put it that way. And then she met her bandmate, Miho Hitori, which she was also born in Tokyo Another interesting thing, Miho has also contributed or worked with the Gorillas. She's the first person to provide the voice of the anime member of Noodle. I did not know that. Oh, oh there we go. Cool. They're very funny. Like, I would be interested in watching like old interviews or something because their album is really kind of silly like there's a silly factor to them like you said their name means crazy food the whole album is about food or named after food which coincidentally we just listened to mf doom's album about food and food so i thought it's funny as like we're on an accidental theme 
if we put this in a row, like it's gonna look like we were doing a food album thing. Sometimes we get in these themes without even knowing it because I realized that okay, right now we've been kind of doing some animes about like garage bands, and then all of a sudden in our next one we'll be watching something about a metal band, and then we're gonna be doing our Beck and Beck series, which yeah. that is about another garage band. Oh no, like, oh, no. yeah, so we just accidentally are following like these impulses. <laughs> But yes, I was like, oh, this one is our food. I was like, are we doing food music? Like, is that a thing? Not on purpose, but it kind (laughs) of happened. Yes. But we're just like, Viva La Woman. That doesn't sound like, seem like it's going to be talking about food. And the cover does not look like a food cover at all in any way, shape, or form. And then I look at the song list and I was like, oh, okay, this is all about food. (laughs) Yeah. Do they talk about what? inspired this album you said there was not much on it there's really not much on it unfortunately they have like really funny lyrics in some of it yeah but it's funny because okay the artichoke song is like oh my heart is cold like an artichoke or something like that or warm i can't remember exactly so they kind of like weave in and out like why the food is connected to them in that song Yeah, they're very clever. It's a very clever album. And it's kind of noisy in a way because they have different samples and things. But the one song I knew was Birthday Cake. And it's kind of loudest, more like rowdiest song. So I thought most of it was going to be like that. So I was surprised to me, like the rest of the album was like more calm. Just a few that were a little bit louder and more, I don't know, boisterous or whatever. That is hilarious. <laughs> yes, it's so fun. Oh, and it's it. called birthday cake. It's just like, but you're actually kind of feeling the vibe of when it's your birthday and you're having this big birthday. But then they just talk about the most random things through it. To me, that feels like, yes, when it's your birthday, you're having this big birthday party. It's supposed to be about you, but really about everybody else and how you're happy to be there in a way. And you're like, well, f*** it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got that out of it, but I sure the f*** did. <laughs> Wait, so that's the song I knew for sure. I don't know if you want to play a little bit of the first song, Apple. It's such a different vibe.
Yeah, and this song kind of trips me out too because it definitely has that 90s vibe. Like those drums, they definitely sound like it's just a loop and it's just kind of repeating, which is something I feel like some people might need to get used to because nowadays, like programming, it's a little bit more open-ended and easier. Yeah, but I love the guitars in that. It's like, well, all of a sudden, there's like these heavy guitars in there. But it's not like taking over, but it's definitely like these distorted, heavy guitars. Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite song once you warmed up to the album? Ah, yeah, I mean, like I said, Artichoke is like one of my favorite songs oh, on good. it. Oh, good. Play it. weird little song <laughs> <laughs> it is it's so but the lyrics strange. are so good <laughs> they create like such a strange little world yeah okay so beef jerky is their big one that i remember a video from but that's probably like what everybody knows chiba uh, mato from <laughs> Yeah, kids, back in the day, this was played on MTV. <laughs> it's so fun. It is. It's so strange. 
I was just looking up some more information about them. At least Hattori, she did some soundtracks on Jet Set Future, which is a crazy little video game. That soundtrack has so much style to it. So now I know where it came from. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, they seem like a really creative duo. Yeah. I'm actually kind of pissed off at us that we never seen them live when they were still together. I know when they oh like when they got when they were still together or when they got back I together. I remember hearing about them touring. So this is something that would be kind of right down our alley. <laughs> it does, and that time period is great. Like you said, they have like the Portis Head sneaker pimps type thing going, but then they're also in that time period of like Riot Girl music of like kind of like loud and fun. I don't know. So it's like they have some of that playfulness i feel like right definitely yeah i mean do you think the riot girls scene would have taken them in though but i mean even though they're from new york i'm sure they probably i mean i wouldn't be surprised it was like the time when women musicians are being pretty supported and i wonder who they went on tour with yeah it shows that they went on tour with beck before too which is pretty impressive crazy I'm glad you liked the album. Yeah, at first I wasn't into it, but you gotta just let it grow on you. Mm -hmm. I like when I first heard the first song. I was like, oh, I was a little bit disappointed because I was gonna be like real rowdy, and I was excited <laughs> for something loud. And so it was when I listened to it the second time, I just fell in love, and I was like, oh, I can't get enough of this. <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy. This is back in my life. Yeah, exactly. So I think everybody should check it out, but just make sure to put on those 90s rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, it's fun. With a pack of beef jerky and some artichoke hearts. Oh, yeah. You can make a whole meal. You can make a whole, like, <laughs> chibuma to uh, Viva La Woman, like, menu. <laughs> like, meal platters. <laughs> yeah, uh, sugar water is what we're going to be drinking. ice cream uh, and apple. And we're going to have a little birthday cake, and mm -hmm. Candyman's going to come by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we could do that why not yeah so check it out you could find me on all social medias at glitch unicorn and you can find me on instagram under sister santos all right see you next week <laughs>